You're listening to the Creating Your Own Path podcast, episode number 96. Hey, everyone, and welcome to the show. I'm your host, Jen Snyder, and as always, you can listen to the show on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher Radio, or your favorite podcast app. You can also catch a new episode each week at creatingyourownpath.com. So before we get to the show today, I do have just a few things I would like to put out there. I am recording this the day after the U.S. presidential election, and there are a lot of people who aren't very happy with the results. There are also people who are very happy with the results. And no matter where you fall on the spectrum, I just wanted to put it out there that I hope we can all treat each other with a lot of love and a lot of kindness and hopefully mutual respect. That would be wonderful. Uh, I try to keep this podcast pretty much politics-free. However, it was important for me to mention it as our country sort of goes through all of these changes. So just wanted to put that out there. Love, kindness, mutual respect. It's all important no matter what. So on to today's guest. It's another repeat guest, which makes me very happy. Those of you who have been listening since last year may remember my chat with jewelry designer Jen Moulton while I was visiting Austin, Texas. She was on episode 65, and we talked about her background, why she took an extended break from her business, how she manages the different sides of her business, and more. However, she just recently made the announcement that she would be opening a retail shop in Austin, and I knew I needed to ask her for just a little bit of her time so we could chat about both the how and the why behind her decision to open this shop. In the interview, we chat about the type of retail shop she's opening and how the opportunity came about. We also dive deep into the fears surrounding taking big leaps like opening a physical store, why it's often important to start before we're ready, and how Jen anticipates her shop opening to change the way she works. I am just such a huge fan of Jen and her work, so getting to catch up with her and also congratulate her on the big news pretty much made my week. So let's just get to Jen. So I wanted to have you back on the show because you just made a really huge announcement and you are opening a brick and mortar shop in Austin, which is very exciting. So congratulations on that, first of all. And it's been, I think, just over a year since we last spoke. Listeners, I believe, heard your story around the same time last year. And so I'm curious, can you just share a little bit about the shop and how it came to be? Yeah. Um, well, first, thank you so much. I'm really excited to be talking to you. And I'm also excited about my store opening. Um, so the way it came about, um, it was something that I have been thinking about on and off for about the past two years or so. I've done a lot of pop-ups over the past two years, and I've started to realize that I do well in person. And personally, I enjoy pop-ups a lot, um, because of the connection aspect and getting to meet people in person and hear their stories and talk to them. And that's kind of, I think what is a big driving force for me in, in my life in general. And so, um, realizing that I could cross over my business with, you know, making those in-person connections and kind of having a really genuine experience with customers versus just being a salesy person feels better to me. So earlier this year, I started thinking more seriously about it. And at my 30th birthday or right around my 30th birthday, I just kind of said it out loud. I said, I think I want to open a brick and mortar store over the next year. 
And it's not something that I, I think I knew for sure, but it was just kind of one of those impulses that you feel. I just kind of blurted it out and figured that I would start thinking about it and kind of create space in my life for it and start thinking about what area do I want to be in? Do I want to be attached to other businesses or do I want to be a standalone building? And just what do I want it to be? Do I want it to just be a jewelry store? Do I want it to be more of a lifestyle shop? Do I want it to be my work? Do I want to curate other makers? Um, and just started thinking on that a lot and assuming that I would open it next year. But then this summer, um, a friend of mine reached out to me and asked if I knew of anyone that was looking to open up a retail shop because she was looking for a shop partner. And I uh, jumped at the chance because I've done pop-ups with her and I've known her for a little over two years, I think. And she's in a great space and she's a really great, kind person that I enjoy spending time with and learning from. And so we just started discussions and I didn't know if it would work out, but I figured that if it was meant to be, it would work out. And so I kind of put everything I had into it and pursued it, but also was kind of hands off. And like, if it's, if it doesn't work out, then something else is meant to come along for me. And so that's kind of how it came to be pretty organically, uh, and way more seamlessly than I thought it would. I thought I would be like, you know, competing for a retail lease and all of this stuff. And I just get to go into this really great existing community that um, I love spending time in. I love working there in the coffee shop that's next door. I love doing pop-ups there. So it's, it's really exciting. And so, you know, you mentioned a couple of things um, about the pop-ups and all of that stuff. So can you mm-hmm. explain exactly what the space is? Because you're joining a space that already exists, right? Yes. So yes. can you explain a little bit about how that works and, and, you know, if people haven't experienced something like that, can you talk about sure. it a little bit? Yeah. I, I kind of, the way I think about it is it's kind of like a, a concept space. So it's, it's a big space that is that's divided into a few different businesses. So there's a coffee shop um, on the corner that's called Brew and Brew, and then next door is the retail space, which is where um, I'll be sharing with Byron and Blue. And then in the retail space, so the retail space looks really big. Um, about half of it is an event space where there's an ongoing curated art gallery. Um, a lot of events are hosted in the evening, um, and then there's during the day, there's tables set up and there's a couch where you can come and hang out and work and have meetings. So it's, and it's just kind of this big space that flows where you can like, if there's an event going on, you can go get a drink or a coffee at the coffee shop and then like go hang out in the art gallery space. Or, you know, if you're shopping, you can go grab a glass of wine or a coffee or whatever and walk around. And, and there's a lot of other businesses too, that are like beside this little group. So it's in a a developing area in in East Austin. Yeah. So it's kind of a mixed use space, if you will. Yes. Okay. And is it like one big warehouse? Well, yeah. Okay. So the building actually, I'm not sure exactly how big it is. I think it takes up, it's at least one block wide by one to two blocks, but it's separated into individual buildings and there's like hallways. That's kind of hard to explain, but it's one huge building and then it's split up. That's cool though. I feel like people get to kind of like discover things. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. And it's kind of, it's in East Austin. And so it's in the area is definitely developing. So I think the more businesses that go in, the more, you know, people that are willing to stop by and check it out because there's, you know, there's a coffee shop, there's retail shops, there's a vintage shop, there's a succulent shop that just opened. There's a jewelry shop. 
there's a Pilates studio. Um, and then there's a lot of startups that work in the offices. They don't have, you know, front facing retail space. They have office space behind like within all the hallways. So it's really cool. Um, it's in a cool area. I'm I'm so excited for you. So what does your space look like? Like if you had to describe it to somebody, do you have like a walled off area where people will have to walk in through a door or is it more open concept? I would say open concept is a really good way to explain it. So Alexia, who's the owner of Byron and Blue, and I will be sharing the retail space. And uh, we're still finalizing the the design of it. But it is very open and, you know, it's pretty minimal and modern looking. A lot of white and a lot of wood accents, cement floors, white walls. So it kind of looks like a home a little bit where you walk in and there's like your living room And then there's like the coffee shop, which is like, you know, you can eat and drink from there. And then, you know, home, home goods and accessories and clothing, um, and gifts and stuff like that for purchase. And then you can hang out and like get some work done or meet with a friend. Uh, and that's, it's kind of all in one space. I think that they've done an amazing job creating a community that I've really enjoyed being a part of for the past few years. And, uh, I'm excited to, to be there and, just meet more people and do some people watching and yeah and and like you said be able to talk about your work in person you know I've been interviewing retailers and it is interesting kind of the the difference between being an online retailer and how much more like you as the maker slash shop owner can get from the people who walk in you can almost Mm -hmm. do like on-site market research you know by how people react to your goods or like Maybe they like rose gold more or, you know what I mean? Like you can kind of um, see that it's not just data anymore, almost. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like on, on a website, you you can get that information a little bit, because, but it's all based in numbers. And now you get that like qualitative type feedback, mm-hmm. which is super cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm actually really excited about that. Um, I, over the past few years, I've focused a lot on pop-ups um, and that pretty, ha- that happened pretty organically too, um, just starting to be invited to do them. And then I started pursuing them on my own once I realized that they were a good fit for me and I enjoyed them. Um, but I think one of the biggest benefits of doing stuff in person is you get to see, you know, if you, if you enjoy studying people, which I do, um, you get to see the little differences in how they look at something or touch something, or they take like a second longer to think about something. Um, And it's a really interesting process to like, I get so many ideas. Like I usually leave with like a whole sheet of ideas because I just see, like I witness someone do something and then that makes me think of something else or I get instant feedback. Like, you know, I wish this was like more adjustable. Um, You know, I wish you carried this or whatever. And so getting that kind of feedback, I think is really invaluable. You know, when, when you're just online, I I'm lucky that I do get that kind of feedback and I do have people that are like loyal to my brand and, you know, reach out to me when they're looking for something, even though I don't carry it on my website, but getting that kind of free feedback all the time, I think will be, I'll be able to grow even more intentionally and create products that have an even greater impact, which I'm really, really excited about. Yeah. 
So cool. So when we last spoke, we talked a lot about how your business has shifted over the years. And we talked a lot about how you were almost batching your work. So, Mm -hmm. you know, you had time that was dedicated to making and then time that was dedicated to like customer service and fulfillment and all of those things. And so I'm curious if you're at a shop every day or whatever your schedule will look like, Mm -hmm. how do you anticipate this shop once again, shifting how you work? Yeah, this is something I'm really curious about too. (laughs) Um, (laughs) One of my things that I'm thinking a lot about and focusing on is making sure that I try to find a balance because it's easy for me. Like I don't need any help with like stressing myself out or rushing or trying to get more done. Like I need to always be thinking about trying to do a little bit less or take on a little bit less or relax a little bit more. So adding this on is something that I'm very aware that I could just become a crazy person like really easily. So I've been thinking a lot about this and I, I think that I will still batch my work. I just, it's a better fit for my personality because I get stressed out if I'm multitasking on too many things and I like to sit down and finish one thing at a time. So I think I will be batching my design work and do designing, you know, one to two collections at a time where I'm doing that in my off days for say, you know, three weeks or something like that, where I'm carving all of the pieces, establishing a collection, probably a year to a year and a half out, and then sending that off to get the samples and prototypes done. And then, you know, working in the shop and then, when I'm not working in the shop, doing the behind the scenes stuff where you create line sheets and you, um, you know, research stores to pitch to and place orders for the storefront. So it's going to be an interesting learning process, I think. And I'm excited to be on both sides of it because I feel like I have been on one side of it for a few years now and have always been curious about how the other side works and how the other side feels. And so I think that I'll, Uh, learn a lot and, you know, hopefully improve my process and like be a better wholesaler and also a better retailer in the process. Yeah. And it's, I love that you are thinking of this as a learning opportunity. I think (laughs) so many times we are, I don't know, we put the pressure on ourselves to sort of have it all figured out before Uh we press go. Yes. (laughs) And, um, I just don't think that's realistic. Um, and it's so, interesting to me to talk to people who do something like this, like open a retail shop, because it is so drastically different from maybe what they were doing before, Mm -hmm. just in in terms of logistics. And so I love that you're doing that. And I'm curious, you know, you mentioned you were, we we kind of, you walked us through the space a little bit. And so Mm -hmm. you will still be making in your studio, right? Mostly there's no maker space. No. In the, okay. Okay. No. So do you see that impacting? Because you were kind of doing all of the things from your studio other than the pop-up. So do you see that Mm -hmm. changing how things go or? Yes. So I think what I'll be doing is in some ways I'm looking forward to it because it's going to kind of force me to be more efficient and, you know, take less time being precious about things and just having to, you know, have an idea and carve it and move on from it and not like belabor. Is it worthy? Is it good? Is it good enough, like all of the questions that I ask myself and constantly. So I'll be working in my studio space, which is behind my house, designing in there pretty much. And I really like to be alone and have long periods of uninterrupted time to do that. So I can get into a flow state, which is where I feel like 
my best ideas come from when I'm not overthinking them or, you know, trying to control the process too much. So I'll be doing that in the studio and then I'll be working three to four days a week in the store. I think it's going to force me to be more uh, economical with my time, which I think for me, I'm ready for to have more time around other people and have more time with customers and, you know, take all of this in as like a true learning experience. And then I wanted to go back to a point you made about how like treating it like a learning experience, I think, and doing things before you're ready. I think that normally I wouldn't do something before I was ready. I would just drag my feet on this for probably a few years, but this opportunity came up for me this summer and it was some like too good and I couldn't say no to it. And so it's forced me to act before I'm ready, which I think, you know, most of the time we should all do that because we're usually more ready than we're willing to admit. And I don't, there's something about when you're just doing something because you have to, you don't have as much time to dwell on like the what ifs or doubt yourself. You just have to like make a decision and move forward. Yeah. And it, so true in so many ways. I mean, I could go on and on about that. But yeah, I mean, hanging out with you in Austin last year, like that road trip, I wasn't ready for that. That's for sure. (laughs) You know, it it threw a lot of curveballs my way. So um, so yeah, I, I hear you on that front. You already kind of, you know, I was going to ask you, what you're most excited about, but we kind of mm-hmm. already covered that, <laughs> you know, um, I think we talked a lot about, you know, interacting with people in person and all of those things and, and learning from the experience. But if it's okay with you, I kind of want to go a little bit deeper because I'm curious, yeah. what are the things that you're most concerned about or anxious about? We talked a lot about get, you know, doing things before you're ready, but that mm-hmm. can cause a lot of doubt and anxiety and all of those things. And so do you have any things that you're kind of have in the back of your mind that you're thinking about as you're moving forward? Definitely. I mean, yes, I think the, you know, the obvious one is just the, the financial risk because it's a lot of money at one time. And it's about a year before I was anticipating it, making the investment in all of this. I mean, so that's something that like definitely has kept me up some nights. Like, am I doing the right thing? Is this the right space for me to go into as far as just going into retail. Um, I'm not concerned about the, the space that I'll be in, you know, when we all make big financial investments, you're always like concerned about, am I doing the right thing? And am I capable of like managing this huge decision that could be a, have a great impact on me positively and also negatively if, or if it's a bad investment, I guess. And then the other thing I would say is just like the imposter syndrome has been real for me where it's been a lot of, there was a a phase of it where I was really excited when it first, when I first like found out about it and I knew it was going to work out, I was like super excited, but then the doubt started creeping in where it's like, are you capable of this? Like, who do you think you are to be doing this? You're not good enough to do this. Um, you're not ready. This is before you said you wanted to do it. Just like all the, the thoughts we all have about just not feeling capable or prepared or good enough. And that has been a real struggle for me. And I think that it probably always will be um, something that I doubt myself and question myself on. But again, I have such a short timeline with this that I don't have as much time to spend on that as I normally would. If I had been working on this next year, I would have so much time to really feel, to really like dwell in those thoughts or questioning whether or not I'm ready and capable for it. But 
right now I just kind of have to keep moving forward. So I have those thoughts at night when I'm trying to fall asleep, but then during the day I just keep pushing the ball forward. Um, and I think that's really how it, I think that's really the process probably. Yeah. Well, and I feel like that's so, so many people have those Mm -hmm. thoughts and those feelings. Um, I know I do. So, Mm -hmm. Uh, and I'm sure a lot of listeners out there can probably relate to what you're saying. It's, um, because I'm, I am investigating opportunities for an office space, not a retail space, obviously, cause I don't have anything to sell in retail. So, <laughs> but, um, but you know, an office, just a, a space outside of my home, right. Um, mm-hmm. I've been working out of my home and, you know, there are so many questions that come up like, well, what if I want to travel again? And I, and here I am paying, you know, whatever the monthly rent is. Mm-hmm. for an office space that I'm not even in <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. or what if what if it is a financial risk and I don't make enough money to cover it mm-hmm. or you know I'm having all of those same things too and the what you said about kind of almost um forcing structure on your, mm-hmm. yourself or your day I keep thinking like gosh I would probably be so much more efficient in an office than I am at home because mm-hmm. I don't know if you work from home there are a lot of distractions yeah, uh, totally. So, so I'm with you on that. I just feel it like it's such an interesting process to th- kind of think through and figure out. But one thing that I keep having to remind myself of is that it doesn't have to be forever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's not a point of no return. Like right. Signing a one year lease is just a one year lease, and a lot can happen in a year. And mm-hmm great things could happen, not so great things could happen. And I think that could probably apply to people who maybe aren't looking at signing a lease, but are looking at doing something else kind of big for their business is that it's not undoable. Mm -hmm. You know, it's not like you are setting a course and that is going to be the course forever and ever. And so, well, I have a comment about that, about your, um, what you just said about, you know, thinking about taking that risk. And I, in my first studio space, which was probably like two and a half years ago, I signed that. Um, and before that I had been working out of my house in a separate room, um, in a converted garage. I definitely didn't feel ready. And I don't think I was totally financially ready to take on that, but I knew it was the right choice for me. I knew I, if I did that, that I would, you know, be in a community of artists and I would start to take myself more seriously and feel more legitimate. And it would force me and stretch me into being able to handle risk. I grew so much that year, both personally and financially. And when I took on another lease um, for my studio space now, same thing, it was more expensive, but I just knew it felt right. And it's, I've always like grown to the occasion, I guess, or maybe there's a better way to say it. But I believe that if you feel like if you have a curiosity about something and you feel like it's the right next step for you and um, but you're you're kind of scared of it, but you can probably do it. I think it's usually a good thing to go after because I think those like curiosities are like little nudges to keep growing as a person and, you know, kind of fulfilling our purpose and becoming the people we're supposed to be. And so. I don't know. I, I've learned to never ignore those curiosities. And so even like opening a retail space has been scary for me and it's been the biggest financial risk I've taken, um, so far, but I just have a curiosity about it. So it's like, I have to try it. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree with that. And it's, 
it's something that's definitely been on my mind for over a year, you know, mm-hmm. kind of thinking through, can I really do this? Is this really mm-hmm. a viable option for me? Uh, because I do think that it would one force structure on my mm-hmm. day and my, my work and all of those things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would be taking things a little bit more seriously, you know, mm-hmm. and, um, and that's always important. I think at a certain point, like it's totally yeah. cool to work from home. Don't get me yeah. wrong. Um, I've got wet hair right now. I just hopped out of the shower. So like, it's great to not be that far from your life stuff. Yeah. But at the same time, I feel like I've hit a point where I need to do something that's a bit more permanent feeling, even if it's not permanent, Mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So I hear you. Yeah. And, you know, I know that the brick and mortar is a new venture for you and you've already given us so much great advice, but do you have, Mm -hmm. if there are people who are thinking about taking a leap into kind of a physical storefront, Mm -hmm. do you have any advice for them? Yeah. I, I would say the first would be to try to explore the option before signing on, you know, taking on a, a commercial lease yourself. So if you can, and collaborate with local stores and do pop-ups. Those have been so great for me. I've met, you know, I get to meet the people that work at the store. I get to access to their customers who then can become my customers. You know, most of the time the stores are so excited to have you because it's, you know, collaborating within a community and everyone starts somewhere. So I would say, you know, pitch your local stores and see if you can do pop-ups to see if they are a good fit for you. If you like, you know, being in person with other people and connecting like that, or if you'd prefer to be, you know, just online. And then I would say if you feel like it's the right decision for you and your business to just start putting feelers out there. So start talking about it, talk to local store owners and hear about how they came to have, you know, their space. How did they get the lease, the build out that they had to do, just hear their story and try to absorb that and take, you know, the pieces of advice that you can from it. And then I would, yeah, just start pursuing the community and seeing, you know, if someone is ever going to give up a lease, seeing if you could take it on. Yeah, that's all really great advice. Basically, it's like try it out in increments first. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, so smart. And um, and I think, you know, even if we're talking about, you know, there are a lot of listeners who really don't have any desire to open a brick and mortar storefront mm-hmm. um, or they just don't have the, the product mix for that. And so mm-hmm. I think that can still apply. One thing, for example, my road trip, I didn't jump right into a cross country road trip. I took several smaller road trips to see if mm-hmm. this was actually something I could do. <laughs> you know, right. Could I produce a show from the road? I mean, I, I had a hypothesis that I could do it, <laughs> but mm-hmm. you know, when you're schlepping all the stuff around and you're trying to make it work, there's a lot of coordination involved. So I kind of took, did it in increments. I did some small stuff before I did the big thing. And you're kind of talking about the same, same concept. Mm-hmm. And I like that. It's, that's really good advice. So this will go, this interview is going to go live, I think after your true opening date. So can you tell us a little bit about your store opening? I know it's really soon. Just kind of like, what are you doing? What are the days? Where can people find you? All of that stuff. Well, the first official like day open is November 8th. And then we're having a shop warming party on Saturday, November 12th from 12 to 3. Um, the address is 908 East 5th Street, number 106 in Austin. Um and there's you know street parking and there's a lot across the street that you can park in. 
And there are yeah. a lot of other shops. Like you said, there's a coffee shop people can check out. There's yes. other things happening too. So that's yes. really exciting. And then for those listening, because unfortunately we do not all live in Austin, <laughs> Yeah, <clears throat> which I say that with um, a lot of heart because I enjoyed Austin, but can you share a little bit more about where people can find you online as well? Sure. Um, well, my website is www.moltenatx.com. And um, my social media handle is Walton ATX. Well, Jen, thank you for coming back on the show. This has been awesome to catch up with you. And I'm really, truly excited for you. This is a really awesome thing you're doing. Thank you so much, Jen. I'm so excited to chat with you again, too. And thanks for um, helping me explain the backstory. I'm really excited to put it out there. That was Jen Moulton. Like she mentioned, her soft opening took place a few days ago, but if you are in Austin, please, please go check out the shop for me. And you know what? Better yet, go check out the shop, take an Instagram photo of the shop, and tag me in a comment so that I can live vicariously through you. That'll work, right? Seriously though, I would really appreciate it if you guys did that because I am dying to go to Austin and check this shop out. So Jen can be found at MoultonATX on Instagram and I am at Jennifer E. Snyder. Anyway, her grand opening events are taking place this weekend and I am linking up to that information plus everything else we mentioned today over in the show notes at creatingyourownpath.com. That wraps it up for this episode. If you've been enjoying the show, please head on over to iTunes, hit that subscribe button and leave a review. You can also share your favorite episode on social media or tell a friend about the show. As always, thank you for listening and I'll catch you next week.